at the end, they're going to want to buy from you because it feels like they've known you forever, right? So over time, what I do, and this is kind of going into like more deep dive strategy, is running like organic promotion cycles. So every four to six weeks within my business, I'm doing some sort of like challenge or workshop or masterclass. And over time, I have these trainings pre-recorded, so I can run them as like evergreen trainings every four to six weeks to promote. Um, so for me, I find that's so, so controllable in my business, right? Because when it comes to like the strategies and the tactics of like having conversations with those leads, booking calls even after the event, if they don't book, you can hire like a team member or a VA to do that for you. On this episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast, we have Sabal Ali. She is the founder of Brands That Sell. She's a coach, two-time TEDx speaker, best-selling author, and she's on a mission to help coaches scale their businesses past six figures. You'll want to listen in and learn how she teaches people how to craft your agency strategy based on your brand message and offer creating challenges to build your authority and gain the trust of leads, and when the best time is to hire out and expand your team, and why it is imperative that you need at least six months of cash flow to play it safe. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. But before we begin, if you are an agency owner or media buyer, go to funnel-.com to learn how you can scale your ads with just a click. Now, without further ado, here is your host, Dylan Carpenter. All right, everybody, we're back in business with another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. Now, we got your host in the house, Dylan, it's just me today. Zach's not going to be joining us, but it's going to be a fun one. We usually dive in on the paid ad side, but today we're going to change it up a little bit and dive into some more organic strategies. So our specific guest, I've been following her for probably over a year now, and she kills it for her clients on the organic side of things. So the special guest in question is, of course, Sabah Ali, and she is the founder of Brands That Sell. She's a coach, a two-time TEDx speaker, a best-selling author, and on a mission to help coaches scale their business past six figures. She's known for her branding work. She's helped a passionate business owners clarify their message and story to attract more clients and gain authority by organic marketing strategies and personal branding. And did I mention she's been featured on publications like NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox News? The hype is real, y'all. So, Sabah, how's it going? <laughs> I am good. I love that intro, Dylan. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here, especially since this podcast show focuses on ads. I'm like the organic queen over here, so I'm sure it'll be a fun episode. And just because you mentioned that, it's probably going to be titled The Organic Queen. So <laughs> there we shout go. out to that too. <laughs> yeah, you made it easy for me with that little bio. So I was like, heck yeah, I can just read this. This is going to be a good little intro. So, But yeah, give everybody some context of who you are, kind of you know what you're getting into these days, just so everybody has an idea of. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, similar to, to what you just said, Dylan. So I'm a, I'm a business and, a, and I'm a brand coach, right? So primarily what I do is I work with other coaches, consultants, service providers, helping them clarify their brand message so they stand out amongst everyone else that's primarily doing the same thing as they are, right? Especially nowadays, like the the barrier to entry in the online space is so, so low, 
Meaning there's so many people doing organic marketing and branding ads, right? So the only way you can really differentiate yourself is you, right? So like my expertise is helping people identify what their unique selling factor is, but I call it your unforgettable factor to channel that through your marketing to scale your business. So um, for me, I've been doing this for give or take like three-ish years. I've been in the online space for five years. I started when I was in college. So I've been building and running my business since graduation, which is about like three years ago now. Heck yeah. Where'd you graduate from? Yeah. So I graduated from Iowa State. I'm from the Midwest, but I just moved to South Florida about a year ago now, actually. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. And I mean, speaking on the organic side, I mean, with me being a paid ad guy, before I even start working with, you know, newer brands, I'm like, how many sales are you getting organically? Because I mean, if you're not selling organically, I bet you the paid ads aren't going to work. You know, it's not going to be some magical button we flip on. You got to have a proof of concept. So that's why I was like, this is going to be a juicy one for sure. (laughs) So let's go to the nitty gritty. So of course, we're going to dive into the rich ad segment, which is basically what's working good for you right now in the organic world. Yeah, for sure. So I love this question. My entire business, it's built around content marketing, right? So producing a piece of content, having a specific call to action for my ideal clients, for my followers, literally just having a conversation with them and then booking a call with me and landing them as a client. Now, a lot of people overcomplicate organic because they feel like they need like funnels and fancy landing pages and all of these different like webinars and like sequences and email follow-up sequences. You really don't. Like the simplest strategy is literally create a piece of content, start a conversation, book a call, pitch your offer, and then close the close that person as a client. Um, for me now, since I've been in the organic space for a while, of course, when you're producing content every single day, it can get very repetitive for your audience. So one simple strategy that's been working for me really well is running challenges, right? So you've probably heard of them like three-day challenges, five-day challenges, When you're providing so much value on the front end, right, spending a few hours or a few days with your audience, what happens is you build that no like and trust factor. So if you're even built, if you're bringing in cold audiences to that challenge, they don't know you at all whatsoever. They spend three or five days with you. At the end, they're going to want to buy from you because it feels like they've known you forever, right? So over time, what I do, and this is kind of going into like more deep dive strategy, is running like organic promotion cycles. So every four to six weeks within my business, I'm doing some sort of like challenge or workshop or masterclass. And over time, I have these trainings pre-recorded. So I can run them as like evergreen trainings every four to six weeks to promote. Um, So for me, I find that's so, so controllable in my business, right? Because when it comes to like the strategies and the tactics of like having conversations with those leads, booking calls, even after the event, if they don't book, you can hire like a team member or a VA to do that for you, right? So this is where I'm kind of going to throw fire at ads. It's like, I see people spending so much money on ads right off the bat, thousands of dollars. They don't have a validated offer. They don't have a brand foundation built. They don't know who their ideal client is. So if you're going to bring in cold leads who don't know you, who don't like you, who don't trust you, it's going to be so, so hard for you to convert them on like a sales call. Um, So I know I kind of went into detail, but like doing those organic promotion cycles have been working so, so well for me, for me and my business. Heck yeah. So on the challenge question, 
I mean, yeah, challenges work. I fall into that trap all the time sometimes to see if I can beat a challenge. Mm -hmm. But you mentioned the evergreen cycle side of things. So how long are you able to kind of keep a challenge kind of renewed? Is it something that maybe lasts half a year, every four to six weeks? Or do you kind of keep it going year round or you kind of change it up a little bit each time? Yeah, so that's a great question. It really depends on the topic of the challenge. Sometimes I'll make challenges and workshops that are more like relevant to like the situation or the season, right? So for an example, back when like COVID happened, I think I did like a three day training based on like how to market your your services during a pandemic. I like I could still use that as like evergreen content, but it's not as relevant nowadays, right? I have a specific workshop that's basically like my organic marketing framework that I can use. Like I've been using it now for, I want to say about a year, right? Still really relevant. The foundations are the same. Um, But if I were to say like a rule of thumb, probably like six months to a year, depending on the top, like the context of of the workshop or the training. Um, But like over time, like when I work with my clients, they find their own type of like challenge or workshop they really like to do. Sometimes like three-day workshops work a lot better than like five-day workshops for people. So of course, when you're putting an event together, it takes like time and effort and energy, right? So over time, like let's say in like a quarter, you want to run like two workshops. Maybe you want to just prep and do like one big one and then use one of your old ones as like an evergreen repeatable cycle. Um, so that's like a different way you can use it too. If it's, if like not every four to six week, weeks, you want to create a new one. That makes sense. And I mean, speaking of the pandemic, have you noticed it's changed a lot when it comes to like webinars or did you used to do more stuff in person, but now it's more virtual? Have you seen it impact your clients' businesses? I'm kind of curious on how you've been able to adapt on, you know, the evergreen funnels that worked last year, maybe this time versus what's going on right now. Yeah, great question. So for me, honestly, for me and my clients, our businesses have been thriving through the pandemic. And it's primarily because like everyone's online, (laughs) like you don't really have a choice but to be online and to grow your business online. So of course, the different strategies I teach my clients, like they're implementing it and it's working, right? Like my show up rate for challenges and workshops, it's been a lot more than like before the pandemic. Um, for me, I, I do speaking, I would speak at events, talk about like my programs and my workshops. But for me personally, like I know everyone has a different strategy when it comes to even like throwing events and selling out like your programs and your your tickets. For me personally, I find when you have a system that works online, you can just double down in the strategy to continue growing it, to continue growing it and then use like events and like speaking to more so grow your brand which will bring you more clients through like your online funnel, quote unquote. Um, Because for example, if you're speaking at an event and you just like drop your Instagram or like your website, of course, people are going to start to follow you. They're most likely going to opt into something free that you have. If you don't have anything set in in place, right, then it's hard for them to like build that no like trust factor because typically when you are giving a presentation, It's only like the generic, like, oh, this is who I am. This is what I've done. But it's no like real, real strategy, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. And you got the lead magnet at the very end. I fall for those every conference I go to. I feel like like it. Right. And then I get texts for like three years. This guy still hit me up. Like, Mm -hmm. that's funny. Okay. Now, with I see your posts on Facebook. You obviously kill it on the organic side. But with the traction you're getting, have you ever tested ads to see if that would kind of ramp it up or you just want to keep it straight organic and, and within your you know scenario? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not like against or 
against ads. Um, I feel like ads is like an amplifier for a strategy or a system that already works. Um, so for me, I've I've like tested ads before. I tested ads running to like a workshop and a challenge. Um, for me, I just have never like focused on it that much. So I probably just didn't spend like the the time and energy figuring it out. Um, for me and my business, I do see using ads to more so like grow my like organic community, like on Facebook, like I have a Facebook group, I get tons of leads, tons of clients from there. So like, instead of running ads, like a book a call with me or like a VSL or like a web webinar, having them go through like my Facebook group organically will be for me, I think just based on experience, a higher conversion rate in them actually booking a call with me. For me personally, I just cannot sit there and watch a VSL or a webinar. <laughs> I just know it's like, it's there because they're going to try and pitch me something, right? So it's like, even if people need help, right, they would much rather go through something that's like, feels more safe. And I think like a Facebook group and like going through a community, kind of having conversation with some people, um, having them see me live on live video really builds that connection a lot faster. So they are able to like book a call with me that way. Um, so yeah, in short, I do see myself using ads in the future. Um, just for now, I think it just organic, it's much more controllable. And I know with ads, you have to learn the strategy behind it in order to make it work correctly. Oh, and it changes every month, it seems like. So, I mean, yeah, if it's working for you right now, no reason to throw a wrench in the wheel. <laughs> well, I love hearing about good strategies. So let's get to the not-so-great strategies. So, of course, we'd love to dive into the not-so-great side of things. And, of course, poor ads are a big way to do it. So what's something you thought would maybe absolutely kill it that ended up backfiring? Hey, this is not working at all. You know, what's that in your world? Yeah, for sure. Great question. Um, so, I mean, since we're talking about organic, I'll kind of touch on like the organic part of it. Um, but for me, when I first got started in my coaching business, there's kind of like two models of organic. There's like the inbound approach and then there's the outbound approach. Um, for me, when I was just learning how to start and grow and scale my business, of course, I went through like coaches and courses and programs a lot of the outbound approach or like the organic marketing approach that they would teach was outbound. So like send 50 conversations, send 50 messages a day to like your audience and you're bound to land clients and book calls. For me, I just like absolutely hated doing that. So I remember there was a phase in my business. Yeah, there was a phase in my business. Um, it was actually right after graduation. I would sit there for like hours sending cold messages to people on Facebook um, and I remember I even had an Excel sheet of like hundreds of people I would send messages to because they would tell me like keep track, see like who would open it, who you need to follow up. So I just like sat there sending cold messages. I probably landed like one client within like three months. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was it was bad. Um, so what I realized is for one, I hate that strategy. Um, number two, you you really don't need to do that. Right. Because what I realized is if people need your help, it's your job to attract them through like the brand that you're creating. Right. Because for me, all I do is I teach people how to create a brand. Back then, when I didn't know what I was doing in my business, I was teaching something, but I wasn't doing it like essentially for myself. Right. So for me now, I want to say like 
85% of my business is like inbound. Like I get inbound leads through like the challenges that I do through the workshops that I do through the content that I create. Um, but yeah, like outbound cold messages. I know some people like use that as their only way to get clients and sometimes it works. Right. But for me, it just wasn't aligned with my energy because I just am not that type of person. I'm a creative type of person. So I just wish I could get those like three months back where I was sending out cold messages. Like <laughs> literally took me nowhere. <laughs> so that's a part of organic, like you can't really focus on like at all. <laughs> How many do you think you sent out out of curiosity, emails and messages to land that individual client? <laughs> oh, I, I'll Over 5,000? What's that? Over 5,000 you think? I don't, I'm maybe like over a thousand. Um, okay. It might've been a little bit more. Yeah. Like it, it just wasn't great. Cause also like, I didn't like, I didn't know what I was doing back then. Right. So I would get on calls with people, but I also didn't know how to like pitch properly. Right. So for me, when I would get on a call with someone, they're like, Oh yeah, I want to do it. Send me over information. I thought they would be a client, but of course they would ghost me and I wouldn't hear back from them ever. Cause back then I would just focus on making the sale instead of actually like providing them with value, having them fall in love with me as a person, as a personality, right? Because what I've realized over time is like people aren't necessarily buying into your product or service. They're buying into you as a person, especially if you're in like the coaching consulting world, right? So that's where the shift really happened for me when I realized that. That makes sense. And I think a key thing you kind of pointed out is the coaching consulting world. It's all about authority, trust. Do you like this person? You know, do they provide mm -hmm. value? So, I mean, all these points you're touching at really kind of feed from those specific, you know, individuals there. So I think it's killer when it comes to your specific audience and niche. Mm -hmm. For sure. You do any e-com brands too, or is it pretty, you know, business coach oriented? Yeah, it's primarily business coach, like coaches, consultants, not just in the business field. I've worked with like mindset coaches, fitness coaches, holistic coaches, um, also worked with like agency owners. There was like a phase where I wanted to work with like products and like e-commerce brands. Um, but it just, it's kind of like a different ball game when it comes to marketing, right? Cause if you're selling a product, like there's not really a reason why someone would sit there through like a five day challenge, unless it's like mm -hmm. a very high ticket product, you know? <laughs> um, so no, not necessarily mainly yeah, coaches, consultants, service providers. That makes sense. Heck yeah. So with you kind of helping fine tune an offer, how, how many times do you kind of hit that offer, you know, a home run out of the gate and how many times are you having to critique it to kind of, you know, hit that home run essentially? I'm curious on the success rate for that first one and done offer. Yeah. So, uh, geez, I need to kind of think back and look at it now. Um, like one of my first offers that I did was a lower ticket offer. Um, and it was primarily just like a masterclass that I was doing, but it was ascending into like my higher ticket program. So uh, I, I'll give you guys a story of like my first ever client that I got. And it was, it was actually really funny. So for me, like I probably tweaked my offer, like I want to say more than like 20 times, um, getting the client <laughs> to like messaging the ideal client. And like, this is, this is actually, let me get into it now. For me, <laughs> for me, when I first got started, right, I was helping people build their brand, right? And of course, when I was pitching my offer, I was like, oh, I'm going to help you build your brand, right? You're going to gain like an audience, you're going to get better at like content creation, you're going to get better at just like 
being a person of influence, right? And I see a lot of people make this mistake now. It's like they're focusing on the process that they're teaching someone versus like the end result, right? So for me, I never had a clear end result. Like what's doing, like what's building a brand going to do for someone? So like, I don't know why that just took so long for me to like actually understand. I see a lot of people making that as a mistake. So that's why it took me so many different tries to get my offer right. Right. So it went from, oh, I'm going to help you build your brand to grow your audience to like a thousand followers. From there is like, I'm going to help you grow your brand to land your first client. I'm going to help you grow your brand to get to 10K a month. Right. I'm going to help you grow your brand to get to multiple six figures. Right. So like over time, I start to tweak that. Right. When I really start to understood, understand like the process, the promise, and then like the problem that you're helping someone solve. Um, but for me, believe it or not, one of my first high ticket clients I got actually just came from like someone who had been following me for a while. Um, like I also went through a phase in my business where I was creating a lot of great content, which I also see a lot of coaches do, but I never really like offered my services to anyone, which seems really surprising, right? Because most of the time people are like selling. Right. But I went through a phase where I would just like talk about my story, my journey. I would reference what I was doing, but I never actually took the initiative to like sell my offer. So my first like high ticket client I got was a 4K client and he had been following me all throughout my college like days. Right. So like he saw the entire shebang. I got on a sales call with him and he was like, geez, I've been waiting for you to come out with something that I can buy and learn all this stuff that you're doing. Right. So like over time, it was just getting more clear in my messaging and my content. And from there, it just it just really started to take off. Hell yeah. That's a cool story there, man. Hey, you never know that that person you talked to two years ago could be a client next week. You know, (laughs) yeah, seriously. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's ad card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend in partnership with MasterCard. And if you are an aggressive affiliate dealing with dozens of ad accounts, or you are in gray hat or black hat verticals, such as drop shipping, CBD, or other verticals where you're dealing with ad accounts getting shut down, business managers getting shut down, or even de-platform from platforms like Facebook and Google, then you absolutely need to check out Funnel Dash's ad card. We give you unlimited free virtual debit and credit cards. So you can have a dedicated card for every single ad account campaign. And you can attach any name and address in the US so you have complete anonymity on the card and at the card level. Plus, one of my favorite features is that you don't have to pre-fund or even top off like most typical virtual card solutions today. So if this is you and you're operating these verticals, whether you're an agency or an advertiser, then check out AdCard at FunnelDash.com. So, of course, you know, with the name of the podcast, it's very similar to a book name. So we love to kind of find the financials and kind of, you know, crossroads of marketing as well there. So, I mean, what kind of financial tip or principle could you share with the audience based off your expertise? Yeah. So I would love to talk about when you get to a point in your business where you're scaling and you're building out a team. Right. So also for me, like one thing that I've learned over time as I'm building and scaling my business is like, obviously, you can't do every single thing on your own. Right. So what I learned is when you get to a point in your business where you're generating cash flow and you want to start to hire out team members when it comes to either like an executive assistant, a virtual assistant, um, a salesperson, maybe another coach that's helping you with delivery. 
you want to have at least like six months cash in your bank before you start to hire um, in terms of like your expenses when it comes to your personal and your business expenses, right? Because for me, probably for like the first few years in my business, all I would focus on was marketing and sales and not necessarily like the back end, right? So when I realized that every single month I was doing marketing and sales, so I was generating cash flow, right? But when you hire someone on, you have to train them, <laughs> right? You have to teach them your business, your mission, your vision, right? So your focus isn't just marketing and sales anymore. So some of those months when you're hiring and when you're scaling, your cash may dip a little bit. So you want to make sure you have cash in the bank, right? So what I learned is like, if you have at least like give or take like six months, at least cash in the bank for your like personal and your business expenses, then you should be good to go when, when it comes to scaling and hiring out your team members. And that makes sense. And I would imagine it's pretty common across the board to where once you start adding more on, hey, if you're having a positive trend, you may see a little dip, but that's probably completely normal because it's going to go back up because there's always a learning curve. You got to do training, take your time out of somewhere else. So, but ultimately that person should be able to add on, you know, X percent in a positive manner, essentially, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. For sure. And yeah. how important is it? How important is it to find the right hire? I, I would say, like, I'm kind of curious in the qualification process because I've heard, you know, it's 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 more costly, you know, finding a bad, you know, employee versus a good one, more or less. So I'm kind of curious on your thought process for that. Yeah, for sure. So, like, it's it's kind of the phrase, if I can think of it correctly: hire slow, um, and then like fire fast, right? So. Yep. I will take my time to find someone that aligns with my company's vision, our mission, my brand, right? Because for me, like, and probably every other entrepreneur out there, like you've built your business, like from the ground up, like it's your baby, right? So the last thing that you want to do is bring in someone who's not aligned with what you're creating. Um, if you're new and you're just hiring like your first like team member, like take your time. Um, for me, when I first had my first hire, it was my executive assistant. I probably took a month to find that person. Um, <laughs> I probably went through like 10 to 15 applications to find that specific person. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm never going to find this person. Right. Because for me also, like I'm I'm that like perfectionist. I want to make sure that they check off like all the lists. Um, as a business owner, you want to make sure they check off that list. Right. If there is something missing and if you feel in your gut like, oh, I'm like not sure they're like, they're all right. Don't hire them. <laughs> if they're all right, just don't do it. Um, it's it's just not going to work out at the end. You want to really be like, oh, my gosh, like there's no one better than them. And then that's where you really want to do do hire and bring them on. But um, yeah, like if you do make a bad hire, just fire them. Like that's it. Don't take much longer than that. Right. Um, otherwise, you're going to probably break your business a little bit more in different areas and regret it in the long run. So, yeah, that's that's kind of my tips when it comes to hiring. Yeah. And, and that's perfect. I mean, I think it's a huge aspect because executive assistants are one thing. But, man, finding someone who actually is, you know, thrilled to learn about your business and, you know, give yeah. above and beyond. They're out there, but you take your time. You know, don't push mm -hmm. that because that could be expensive. Yeah. Now this has been this has been freaking awesome. I love this. Super different. So how can we support you? What's the best way to get people to kind of get in contact with you? Yeah, for sure. So I'm probably the most active on my Instagram. So if you guys go to Instagram and type in 
at the Saba Ali. So it's basically T-H-E-S-A-B-A-H-A-L-I. You guys can follow me there, connect with me. If you click on my bio right there, there's a free training that you can go through that says how to make 50K in 20 days organically, right? So if you're like, ooh, organic seems fun. It seems interesting. Maybe I'm doing it a little bit, right? And you guys want to check out how my business did 50K in 20 days. You guys can go check out that training 100% completely free. And it'll give you a four-week roadmap of how to do one of those organic promotion cycles that I, that I talked about. Hell yeah. Well, I absolutely love today. You're breaking records now. The first organic on the podcast. Huge deal. Ooh, I'm for this I'm one. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. Like what I said right before we jumped on, I love doing interviews. Uh, and I'm so thankful that I got the opportunity to speak on one that just focuses on ads. So thank you again, Dylan. Not a problem at all. We'll have you back on maybe a couple months to kind of hear how it's been because we love those follow-up episodes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, thanks for jumping on. Of course. Sounds good. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. If you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and richadpoorad.com slash podcast. And if you absolutely love the show, go ahead and leave a review and a comment, share with a friend. If you do, take a copy, screenshot of it, email me, zach at funnel-dash.com, show me you left a review, and I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ad book. To learn more about the book, go to richadpoorad.com. To leave a review, go to richadpored.com slash review. Thanks again.